0: There is only one true way to be enlightened and entertained with the best sports knowledge. That way is the American way. Welcome to the American Way podcast. Here's your host, Amir.
1: All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome again to The American Way. Uh, today's uh, today's guest, Dan Hayes from The Athletic. Uh, he covers the Twins so astutely for The Athletic. Thought we'd have him on to quickly review the season and sort of uh, project what what might happen in the offseason with the Twins. Uh, Mr. Hayes, how are you doing today, sir? I'm great. Thanks
0: for having me on.
1: Anytime, anytime. Yes, uh, yeah, I mean... Uh, there's no other way to say it. I mean, this season has—it's been—it's been rather disappointing, I mean, just with the expectations that were had going in. I guess I suppose there are some some bright takeaways to take away, but uh, to, to 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 take into context moving uh, moving forward. But I think it's. I think we can generally assume it was a disappointment by all means. Uh, uh, cor- uh, correct.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think there was a week of hope. You know, the first week the Twins were five and two, things looked good, and uh, they were playing some decent baseball. And then uh, COVID happened to the team. Andrelton Simmons and Max Kepler and a couple other guys went out, and um, April was a disaster. Alex Alexander Colome really really wasn't himself, and the offense wasn't very good early. And then the starting pitching, the back end of the starting pitching kicked in, and then. Uh, you know, Shoemaker and Hap were pretty much a disaster with the twins and then then the injuries kicked in, Buxton early May, Mitch Garber was June, Panado was the end of Panado might have been mid June, um and it just kept going and going and going and it just I mean you could you can say that the dark cloud was falling them even in spring training, you know, Mike Bell in February they thought was gonna be okay their bench coach and uh his cancer got worse. Quickly, And he passed away right before the season started uh, Royce Lewis blew out his knee preparing for spring training. I mean just so many places that things could have gone wrong for the twins this year. They've gone absolutely wrong and and there have been some bright spots. There's no question but I mean you even look at like you know Alex Kirloff had four games uh, where he was really raking, just hitting the ball very hard and he hurt his wrist. And wasn't quite the same. He he put up some decent numbers, but playing with a sore wrist really hurt him. I mean, it, it just felt like I know that the, the we can't. This is why we can't have nice things. Uh, meme is out there. I I think that's been this entire season for the Twins, and it just it's been exhausting from that perspective to see one thing uh, after another go wrong. And um, it really it really did start at the start because I don't you know. Mike Bell, I, I think that was just an emotionally exhausting uh thing for the twins that you know they they just haven't had the energy this year to play out of it and get over a hump and, and I, I think they've been drained since the start because they lost a leader who they cared about very much.
1: I think you're 100% right. I think that's that's an underrated aspect to this uh, the whole season is uh losing uh losing uh, losing him uh in February when it was and they didn't really have a chance to truly replace him on the staff and so they had they didn't really have much time because the season was starting to truly grieve in the proper way and then to replace him on the staff they never really if it, correct me if I'm wrong but I don't believe they actually ever really filled his spots so then it's like yeah, it's, so it's two, haven't. so it was twofold in that sense that's starting the season that's on the human on, on the human aspect of it and then Sort of just on the organizational aspect of this, I feel you're a hundred percent right that it just seems like the whole season one thing after another went wrong I, I to move i do what i do what I did like about the season though is there's a lot of a lot of young players that maybe ones wouldn't uh, we we wouldn't have expected to have uh, yeah. made made an impact but have I mean, to varying degrees I you know your colleague uh, Mr. Greenman, he wrote a piece uh, detailing the eight uh the major prospects who have graduated, but I think that I think that's one might a minor bright spot to the season. You have players like Bailey Ober and uh, yeah. and uh, Griffin Jacks and these guys who and even Larnick to a small extent because he he sort of was hot till mid July, but I think if there's something to look forward to to twenty twenty two, it's that you had some of these young players that we didn't expect that much of that that had to step up.
0: Yeah, Bailey Ober, I think, is a, a great thing to look at for the Twins in, in 2021 uh, for that reason. I mean, we're talking about a guy that was so far off their map that they didn't invite him to big league camp and spring training. He did not pitch as a minor leaguer. Uh, you know, every game there's probably seven, eight, ten minor leaguers that come over and get to contribute uh, to the big league games, play the late innings and fill in. Bailey Ober didn't even get that chance. He didn't even come over as a fill-in. Um, he was so far off their map that when you know when he came to camp, and, and understandably so, he didn't pitch last year. His his professional career innings high was seventy-eight going into this season, seventy-eight and two-thirds or something like that. And so they were trying to protect him, and um, all of a sudden, you know, you have the the pitching inefficiencies in the rotation going on, and then. Dobnak, Smeltzer, and Thorpe all get hurt. And, uh, you're hoping then potentially, uh, that Jordan Balazovic or Cantorino or, or Josh Winder or Johan Duran could step in and all those guys got hurt. So then you're starting to go to the minor leagues and Bailey over gets the call out of nowhere. Um, and he's been fantastic. And you look at it and I know it's a 419 ERA, but, uh 96 strikeouts in 92 in the third innings. And, uh, he won't make any more starts because of the hip injury, but to get him this far has been beyond successful. He's somewhere around 35, 40 innings above his previous career high. Um, they slowly built him, and I know that fans at times were a little disappointed seeing him get pulled after four innings with a big lead or seeing him, pull, you know, he's had a few wins robbed from him, but I think that the fact that they navigated this whole way and got him through the season. Is really encouraging. And you mentioned Griffin Jacks; he's had his moments too for a guy that really wasn't on the radar. Um, it, it, he's had he's taken his lumps more than uh, than Ober has, but he really has at times looked good too. And I think they know that they've got somebody that can be in that next wave of guys for sure. Um, it really depends on what they do with the rotation next year, but um, obviously Joe Ryan has been outstanding since he's come back or since he was acquired and you've had a chance to really test out a bunch of guys and see what they're made of and it's earlier than they planned uh with some of the guys but uh, at the same time you have a sense of what you have going forward and i think that's a a good thing for the twins as far as planning for 2022 and 2023
1: absolutely absolutely and hitting into my next question is i'm i think one one major question mark heading into the off season is the rotation i mean yeah, you, you you trade away Barrios, and now you have Maeda probably out the whole year. I think there's probably it's safe to assume there's probably two spots that are occupied at this point in uh, yeah. Ryan and Ober. So I, I yeah. I'm just from from my perspective. Obviously, you know more than any of us, but my my from my perspective, it seems like it's open grabs. If there's a lot of young guys who are in, a lot of the guys who were injured, Cantorino and Velasovic, and these guys that were injured. And then you have a guy like Richardson, who didn't get the pitch. Uh, Woods Richardson, who didn't pitch much. I know you wrote a beautiful Aura piece the other day on him. That uh, he came back from the Olympics, and he they uh, they, they didn't they, they didn't want to rush him. So I feel like there's a lot there's a lot of intriguing young arms, but that's sort of the one thing. I I don't expect them to spend a lot. Just just because I don't think their expectations for twenty twenty two are as high. As, as they were going into this this past season so I feel like th- probably the next the, you have three open spots for five or six guys is that fair to assume
0: yeah I, I think that they're definitely gonna sign at least one or two guys veteran wise would it stun me if Michael Pineda was brought back it wouldn't just because they knew who he is he likes it here um, that guy that wouldn't shock me at all I also think they'll sign somebody else I, I don't you know, Pineda, that's just a guess. It's the familiarity part of things. Uh, but I think they'll bring in two veterans at least because you need veterans to be around a young staff and show these guys the ropes, essentially, because next year will be the first full year that Joe Ryan has gone through at the major league level. And Bailey Ober has had 20 starts, and that's really good. And the other, He has a good sense for what he needs, but having veteran guys to accompany those guys and just be there with them through the ups and downs will be critical. Um, and and then maybe who knows what they'll do. I mean, maybe they trade, because obviously we're looking at this roster going, how are they going to break this up or, or keep going? Because I, I don't think they're done just yet. Obviously, they tried to trade Byron Buxton uh, at the deadline. They didn't get a sufficient return offered to them, so they didn't take him. Um, but with a year left and him headed to free agency likely, I, I you know, it's possible, and, and really I, I would – hope that they would engage one more time on contract extension talks, but if they're not able to come to something and you know that next year is not really going to happen, I would think that moving on from Buxton would make sense this offseason. It's not something I advocate because one of the reasons I like covering the Twins is watching Byron Buxton play. When he plays, he is an elite performer. He's probably, if, if he could play 162 games a year or even 140 games a year, we're talking about a top three player in, in the majors right now, probably, the way he performs. Um, so, it, that part's disappointing to think that they might do that, but I, it just seems like a, a likely path for them. And, you know, what else do they do? I, what way do they keep going as far as breaking up? If you if you trade Byron Buxton, hopefully you would get a pitcher back and start building something. Um, but, uh, you know, how they get those three spots filled is going to be really interesting. I do think that they will go through and try to get experienced options um, to, and and then you let a couple of your young guys kind of duke it out to to fill in uh, and, and figure out their way in there. But you know, with the way things have gone for Matt Canarina, for Josh Winder, for Yo Duran, for Jordan Blazevic this year, um, all of them being hurt, I don't think you can count on any of them for 2022. And and they're going to continue like I, I think that their 2022s hopefully will be what the twins wanted to be 2021 where they get this slow build up. And by the end of the season, they're ready to contribute at the majors. They just injuries kind of took those plans this year and, and, and tore them up. And the twins have had to go back to square one, even with Simeon Woods Richardson pitching just like 51 and two thirds innings. You can't, as much as you like him, you can't count on him to be ready for the major leagues next year You've got to let those guys build up slowly, so that you're looking big term or big picture, long term, and and making sure they're healthy and able to contribute over a five six year period versus come up and contribute for a year and get hurt because you rush them.
1: Absolutely, I think that and that's a tough balance to take. That you have these young guys who are all injured, and so you you probably have to reach into the well and get a couple veterans uh, to to buy these guys time to build them up for 2022. Like with what you said about Bucks, and I think there are probably four or five really good players that they're probably going to have to let go of this off season. So it's, there's sort of, I would, I, I think they're sort, they're sort of at a crossroads That's it's like they need to fill these positions and they have a lot of promising young players who can come up, but none of them look really ready for opening days. So yeah. Right. I think, I think it's fair. To, I don't want to throw, uh, throw rumors or anything like that, but I, it just seems to me like all three of the guys, uh that are going to be up for their final year of arbitration and Buxton and Taylor Rogers and Tyler Duffy, they're all really, really, really good players, and yeah. but it just seems like just based on the way things have gone, that at this point they're probably gonna have to trade all of them.
0: I don't know if that they have to trade all of them, but I think that they will explore it for sure, and it wouldn't shock me if they explored Mitch Garver. Uh, you know Josh Donaldson; they would have to eat some money, but there's value there in, in the possibility of him. And the only thing is, is that if you if you entertain Donaldson and trade him, uh, that you would be trading away a guy who committed to you for four years, who bought a house in Minneapolis, and was your first major free agent to walk through the door um, in a long, long time. And that kind of stuff gets noticed when players. Uh, are traded you know you look back i think the marlins in 2011 uh when it really imploded i think they traded mark burley um heath bell and man there was one other free agent but they had gone out and spent a ton uh reyes money. jose reyes yeah yeah that's right there you go and you know they they had spent a ton of money on all those guys going into that season and maybe it was going into 2010 um it, no, it was 11, and then 12, they traded him all, I believe. And, you know, at the time, Jeffrey Laurier got a ton of flack for it, and rightfully so. I mean, you had guys commit to coming to your team, and uh, all of a sudden Burley's in Toronto and can't bring this pit bull with him to, to Canada. And, like, all these guys, are, you know, they've made these major life decisions, and you when you make those decisions and you say, hey, I'm committing to Minnesota for four years – and then they trade you two years in. That's, you know, it, things do change and it is possible that um, your your map changes and getting out from Donaldson uh, was always a possibility as he got older, but at the same time, you don't want to make potential free agents. They're looking at your city uh, afraid to come there thinking, hey, maybe they're going to switch course on me too and, and trade me. So that's sort of a word of caution in that, but at the same time, Donaldson has been very productive this year, um, still looks like a, a very good player, and I think if the Twins ate a little money, you could probably get something back and trade him to a team that is looking to push themselves over the hump the way the Twins were when they signed Donaldson. So there are a lot of interesting trade candidates this offseason. Max Kepler's one, too. Um, how they proceed is going to be very interesting.
1: It is. I think I think you can... Uh, obviously, it would stink to trade Buxton and Kepler, but I think in the outfield the, the strange thing about it is when we talk about the young pitchers who are not ready is if you traded if you were to hypothetically trade Buxton and, or Kepler or Donaldson is you actually have young guys who are probably ready already to play at those positions and replace them and you ideally you'd probably have Kirill off start the season in the outfield probably with yeah. uh, probably with garnick and Jose Miranda seems to be almost ready so that's that, it, it just seems like the pitching situation is more dire. But uh, one thing I wanted to go back on with the Buxton and Donaldson, it, were the rumors true that, that there, was a, there was a trade closer with the Mets, I want to say, that like the, the Mets had asked about Donaldson and it was pulled at the last minute? What, 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 am, I, am, I, am I getting my information right on that? or what was, it, what was all that about?
0: I mean, it's possible the Mets checked back on him, but uh, from what I had heard all along, was the Mets were not the, the Mets wanted Barrios. Uh, Donaldson, they were not interested in and I, I think that someone there potentially called the twins last minute to see. The the problem is is when you have Josh Donaldson and that contract and the amount of money that's gonna be involved, um, that's not a call you can make fifteen minutes before the deadline. That's something that would have to be worked out a day or two ahead of time because of the money involved, because ownership would have to sign off. And and those are not the kind of conversations that can happen over two minutes. You need a little time to figure out what what is a good deal, what is not. And and I, I think that if someone really wanted Donaldson, they would have called the day before, knowing that that's a little more complicated because there is gonna be money and the twins have to figure out the calculus on what, what constitutes a good deal for them in that case um, and what's a good return. And it, it's just a, a I think that uh, they would have explored trading Donaldson. I think they would have explored trading them if they had more time to properly do it. That's not going to be a last-minute kind of deal. So even if there was truth that the Mets called, uh, there was no way the Twins were going to try and pull that off um, at, at that late moment. It, it's just so complicated to do. And, you know, they were still working on trying to trade Bucks And they had so many balls in the air that um, – but I, but it's for that reason I honestly don't think that the Mets – checked in on Dawson there were a few rumors about it um, but the Mets had some weird stuff going on and it's funny because that rumor got out and I texted a Twins person about it and they were still on the phone with the person from the Mets or had just hung up when I texted and that rumor got out there so I wonder if the Mets put it out there to show that they were making effort efforts when they didn't come up with I mean, you know they got hobby bias but i think the mets were potentially trying to show fans that they were really committed to trying and it wouldn't have shocked me because um the the person that i talked to was aghast that the rumor had got out there that quick when they were still on the phone with the mets at that moment so it, there was something strange about that whole situation and and i don't really think that was serious
1: yeah that makes a lot of sense that makes a lot of sense the, although the trades that they did make, that the Twins did make, I it's so it's it's too early to tell, but it seems like they really made off well. I mean, it's uh you, for giving up two months of uh, Nelson Cruz for Ryan, who probably looks like a stud, and then you, you yeah. do, the package that the package that they got for Barrios. I mean, it would stink if you had to trade all these veterans, but I don't. I guess from my perspective, it doesn't seem like the worst thing in the world. If just based on those if you just isolate those two examples there have been other trades and other transactions that the twins have made in the past that have been for for prospects that haven't worked out but if you isol- i think if it's, it's fair to say if you isolate those two and you project what they would get in like a and obviously i i'm not supporting i'm i'm, I'm not endorsing trading bucks or these guys but i think if you would it wouldn't be the worst thing in the world because you get a, you get a really a good return and you'd have some guys ready in the wings. Is, is, well, is, is, does that burritos, sound fair?
0: Yeah, no. with Barrios, you were facing your reality as the Twins. They weren't going to re-sign him uh, to an extension. That just wasn't happening. They would have had a shot at him on the open market and would have found themselves outbid. Um, granted, where Zach Wheeler basically wanted to stay on the East Coast and, and be near family, that was a a leg that he had uh, or that the Mets and the Phillies had over other teams essentially uh, a leg up the Twins would have had that leg up with Barrios where if they were in the ballpark they potentially would have been able to re-sign him but I also think he's going to be the youngest guy on the he won't even be 30 when he hits the free agent market Um, he is a workhorse he is uh, someone who is beloved by teammates He's just, like, the image is good. There's so many things about him that would draw a lot of teams to him as a potential free agent. Even though he hasn't gotten over that hump, he's a, he's a very good starter. He has not gotten into the elite category. That didn't seem to hurt Zach Wheeler, though. And and you look at Barrios right now and what he's done this year, um, especially since he's gone on to uh, Toronto. And, and we're talking about a guy who's going to finish – top five or top six in the AL Cy Young race. And, you know, his strikeouts are back up. His innings pitcher, I I believe he's either first or second in the American League in innings pitch. He's going to get a ton, and I think that the Twins could compete to a point, but I think someone would probably end up blowing them away on the final price tag. So when you look at that situation, the Twins were just realistic about what they had to do, and they did really well getting the number – I think Keith Law had Austin Martin as the number 12 prospect out of his top 50 at the mid season. Um, Simeon Woods Richardson wasn't going to be in the top 100, but, uh, a lot of people are high on him. The twins are high on him and like him. Um, you look at those two, those two, and and that's a really stellar trade return. Nobody would have thought they would have got that for Jose Barrios and, and just netting Joe Ryan for, for Nelson Cruz, let alone the other pitcher they got in the trade. Um, you know that's a fantastic return to get two live arms for two guys, and and they've done a good job in some of their trades, and they've missed on some of their trades. Uh, Lamont Wade for Sean Ale- or uh, for Sean Anderson has not worked out this year. Um, there are other deals that have not worked out. Uh, Luis Gill looks like he could be pretty amazing, and you got two division titles, um, and Jake Cave contributed heavily to that, but Luis Gill looks like a potential. <laughs> weapon going forward. Um I, I think, you know, every team has its hits and misses. Uh you kinda got a hit with Buxton. But the, the twins are good scouts. They have a really good scouting department. They know what they want and I think that they've established that they can get good prices for their guys. They know how to play the game. So um at least they're in a good spot as far as what they've accomplished going into this off season.
1: Indeed, indeed. So I guess uh, without without knowing ahead of time what could happen. I mean, like, what what do you what do you think needs to happen this off season for the Twins to sort of not not take a step not take a step back like not not stay in last place obviously, but I I don't think they might well, they will be able to compete with Chicago next year. But if they want to sort of stay in that realm of competition, what do you think needs to happen this off season?
0: I mean, I, I, they absolutely. Need to get another young starting pitcher that maybe someone that's a little bit accomplished. Um, You're gonna have to trade out your well of uh, position players to do that, so it will come at a cost to do that. Uh, but I think they have the the assets to go out and do it, and you know they're they're starting to build their own pitching pipeline. They need to get there. They need more, um, but I think that we've seen some good foundations come in with Ober and, and Ryan. And just keep building off that because the one thing that the Twins have never really able to been able to do is is build pitching and and uh, they're great at creating their own position players. Uh, we we can count on one hand the amount of homegrown pitching stars that they have developed and it's not pretty, but at the same time um, I think they're on the right path. So just keep going in that direction, and I, I don't think they're very far off um, from turning it around. But it's going to start with the pitching to turn it around and having a lot of young arms is the way to go. And so I I think that's really what it's going to be, but um, they have a lot of position talent right now that still is a dangerous lineup. And and for that reason, you just, you can never rule anything out. It's, uh, it's been a really tough year, but I don't think that it has been a detrimental year where they're going to just burn it all down and start over.
1: Yeah, I think, I think I, I see what, I see exactly what you mean. I think, they, for the most part, they have a dangerous lineup. So if they could supplant uh supplement that with young with young pitching, that would that would help them out immensely. Before I let you go, you wrote you wrote a, a brilliant piece this morning on Austin Martin, the general uh young prospect we just talked about. I mean, having to, uh, re- reading it and just how they're trying to uh, sort of they're trying to to, to help to help him uh harness his po- uh, develop his power more um, right. while while also uh Keeping the the fundamentals he already he already possesses, what's sort of the one thing you learned about him and about uh, what the, what they what they see in him just from writing this article
0: well I found out that he's a confident dude, and you know I know he understands exactly what they're trying to do, which is they want to get him out in front more and, and contacting the ball and being able to pull it and hit for pull power, which is understandable he he's got tremendous strength he is a very good athlete who also has great back control and also has a very good idea of his strike zone and and knows it well. I mean, this is a guy who combines the the skill with the smarts and and knows what he's about. And So they're trying this and I think he's open to it Um, but it it is a little bit of a fundamental change for him in in his intent. This is a guy that likes to see the ball deep and is not afraid to hit to the right side. He's a right-handed hitter and he's not afraid to go the opposite way and try to hit the opposite way for power and, um, and also just single guys to death he knows he has that, that skill set there that he can always fall back on the twins however want to enhance that and have him hit the other way you tap into his power what I, I think is really key for him is knowing that fine line of when is too, when, when he's going too far away from what he is because his bread and butter is that ability to get on base and use his legs and and just you know create havoc and i i think that you know you look at his walk total that's outstanding so they they need to blend it and that's what they're trying to do and i, I think that what i've figured out is he's confident enough to know what that line is himself and not get away from what makes him good you know he knows what's going to get him to the major leagues and he doesn't want to lose that i i think he's willing to try but not willing to sacrifice and that's going to be the key um, but if it works, it's it's a great plan to get him to do more damage and be standing on second base and third base or hitting home runs versus just singling and, um, it, It's going to be kind of an interesting thing to see how it plays out next year because I, I would imagine he'll either start again at Double A or potentially he'll be at St. Paul. But you know they're gonna they're not gonna rush him to the majors um, as advanced as his skill set is. The Blue Jays were really aggressive in playing them at Double A this year, and I, I think that uh, the Twins will maybe slow that down a little bit, maybe start him at Wichita again. Uh, but again, that's all to be seen and to be determined.
1: Absolutely, and he, he these are uh, what you said and what you wrote about is the reason why they lo- they loved him so much to to trade their best pitcher for him. Um, you can catch you can you can you can catch more of uh, what what Dan has re- uh, wrote on The Athletic and uh, re- reads other great stories. He has written uh, like this one about Austin Martin. Um, Dan, I appreciate you coming on again, and I appreciate you enlightening us for a short while with your knowledge, with your expertise. Thank you so much for coming on.
0: Yeah, hey, thanks. Uh, it's fun. As, as miserable as this season has been, it's been, uh, um, you know, it's fun to kind of talk about. And, um, so thanks for having me on.
1: Anytime, stop, stop, stop. anytime.